good? Are you ready, Mr. Shagoon? Shagoon's bringing the word today, so we want to welcome Shagoon as he comes forward. We're ready to receive whatever God has told you. We're ready to receive. We're with you. We're going to row with you today. All right? You're not going to have to work hard. <laughs> we love you, man. God bless you. Amen. All right, let me get set up here. All right, many of you, you're wondering, oh, what is this? Okay, this is a lamp. <laughs> yes, so I just want to thank you for this opportunity uh, to share this word. He put it on my heart. Uh, we were just out shopping, and I saw this lamp, and I just told my wife, whoa, look at that. And, you know, we're just talking about it, and, you know, the verse that came to my mind um, was Psalm 119, you know, verse uh, 105. Your, your word is a lamp to my feet and the light to my path. So I just had to get this lamp. <laughs> so I got it, and I said, well, the next time I'm speaking in church, I already got my topic. Look at that. I'll put it right there. Father, I thank you for this day. I want you to speak through me today. I do the talking. The Holy Spirit does the ministration. And this is just to your glory. Amen. All right, Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You see, Psalm 119 happens to be the longest psalm in the Bible. It has about 176 verses. And not just that, it's the longest chapter, too, in the Bible. Yeah. And for some reason, you know, we don't really know who wrote that psalm. And many people don't really read it because it's so long. Sometimes I just skip it, you know. I, I get what I want from it, and I skip. But scholars have said it's most likely Israel or Daniel, or David that wrote that psalm. And if you go through that psalm, you know the words, every single line, there's a reflection of words, of ways, statutes, decrees, law, precepts, commands, and promise. And it just stands out. So I, I want to challenge you guys. I know it's long, but just find time to read it. And just read the whole chapter, uh, the whole psalm. And you realize that the overall message in that psalm is just truth. It tells you the truth about the word of God. We need to know the truth as Christians. <laughs> you see, everything that we buy or we make always comes with a manual. 
If you buy electronics, or you buy a car, or you buy some appliances in the house, they always come with manuals. But when human beings are born, do we come with a manual? No. But God knows what he's doing. He gave us that manual, the Bible. So that is our manual right there. And it's so, <laughs> it's so wonderful because the Bible has everything. If there's anything in life that you say, oh, I've never seen this before. Oh, this has never happened before. No, that's a lie. Go look in the Bible. Go search. You see it right there. So the Bible is a manual for our lives. So if you need repair in any part of your life, just look for it in the Bible. You know, the secrets to God's heart is right there. So when you read the Bible, you are just peeping into God's mind. Because those are his words. So you are just looking into his mind. And that will help a lot. You know, Proverbs 25 uh, verse 2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal a thing. And the glory of man to seek it. You have to find it. You research it. So that's the fun in it. You know, God put something there, he's doing hide and seek with you. And, you know, when you find it, you're like, ha, ah, I got it. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> so the word of God will enrich you. It will take you places. Everything that you need is right there. And John 1, 1 tells us that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. It was with him in the mind, in the beginning. Nothing was made. Without him, nothing was made. So everything was made through Jesus. And that's the word. So that tells me when I use the word of God and apply it the way it needs to be applied, I'll get results. Because that's his will. And whatever he wills always come to pass. So my demonstration is word. It's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So when I'm walking, if it's a crooked land or straight path or wherever, if there's darkness, I can't see. I'll just have to be going like that, you know, trying to figure it out. But if I have the lamp, which is the word of God, it tells me when to stop. Oh, there's a ditch there. You better be careful. This is what you do. You see, I got the light. Yeah. And the Bible tells us that <laughs> life is not always easy. It's not always smooth. There'll be times of trouble. But never mind, because I've overcome. You see, I'm with you. So if the word is with you, the word tells you what to do. You see, when you're going in the valley and you got the light with you, you know is with you. It's going to direct you. You'll get to the right place. Lamp to my feet. Light to my path.
Let's look at something uh, really quick. Um, when Apostle Paul, towards the end of his life, you know, he was in prison and he started, you know, writing all these letters to the different churches. And there was a particular letter that he wrote to Timothy. So Timothy is his son in the Lord. You see, from the history that we know about Timothy, he had a godly grandma and a godly mom. So that tells you who Timothy is. You know, being raised up from a godly home. And Apostle Paul took him under his wings. So now Apostle Paul is in prison and he's trying to tell Timothy that I know I'm going to be gone very soon, but I'll tell you one thing. From my experience and everything that I've seen in this world, you have to say the truth. So let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. So it reminds him that all scriptures is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Hmm. And if you go to the next verse of that, which is 17, it says, so that the servants of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So who's the servant? We, are, we all are the servants. So it's telling us that this word has to go with us anywhere we go. Then, 2 Timothy 4, verse, verse 2. He also told him, and this is a charge. It says, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. You see, because he told him that the time will come that people don't want to hear what you have to say, which is the truth. All they want to hear is what makes them feel good. So they now bring people that will make them feel good to say what they want to hear. But Apostle Paul is telling Timothy, no, I want you to always say the truth. In season, out of season, when you know it's, it's going to put you in trouble, you still say the truth. So the Bible, as we're talking about, it gives us so many things. It tells us about the good news, which is salvation, and also teaches us, you know, the rebuke, the correction, and uh, the training in righteousness. So what is salvation? You see, salvation is just God telling us and pointing to us that, come, you can have a better life. When you're saved, you're not lost. When you're bound, I can give you freedom. You are forgiven 
You are not condemned. And you can live life abundantly and not die. You see, that's basically what salvation is. And it's telling us that, come, there's a better way to this, rather than just struggle and struggle and struggle. You know, Jesus, he came to earth, he died for us. He went to the pit of hell, got the key. You know, he came with that victory. He went to heaven and he sat down. And when he got to heaven, they gave him all the power in heaven and on earth was given to him. So when he has all the power, when I'm looking for that power, who do I go to? Do I, do I trust in myself? No, there's a higher power. And I can go through him through his own word. Okay, most cooks, well, the women and the men that cook or do barbecues, you know, instructions are very important. Okay, like a baker, if you want to bake a cake, they tell you, oh, mix uh, two ounces of this with this and that, and you get this. If you get it wrong, you're not going to get a good result. If you are into electronics and you put things together, you're trying to build a computer, and they tell you, oh, you have to put this, you have to do this uh, two ounces of voltage or whatever, you have to be very consistent, or you're just going to burn it off. <laughs> the other day, we bought some furniture for uh, home office, and when they shipped it in, I was trying to put it together. You know, I like to do stuff, you know, just do it yourself, you know, I put things together. And I was putting up this desk. I was following the instruction. It was so tedious, so long. I was following, you know, point by point. Okay, I'll go to another page. Eventually, I needed a tool. So I went to the garage to get that tool. And on coming back, I didn't look at what I was supposed to do because I thought I already knew. So I just went on and started doing what I was doing. It took me hours to get it done. At the end of the day, I put the desk together and I made one single mistake because I wasn't listening to the instruction. When I wanted to put the seats, it wouldn't fit because I did it backwards. So five seconds of not looking at that instruction book. Oh, I was so mad, I felt like kicking myself. Now it took me hours to now break it down again and start all over. Instructions, very important. Um, let's look at Joshua 1, 6 through 9. This one is long. But I just want to point some things to you. You see, this is um, God telling Joshua, okay, Moses, my servant, is dead now. So Joshua, you're going to be the one leading the Israelites into the promised land. And he gave him this. He said, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people into inheritance. 
be strong. You see, any time the Bible tells you to be strong, that means something is coming. Right? Be strong. Now he says, be strong and very courageous. I want you to take note of that very. Why did he put that very there? You see, most times when I read this, I just read it, be strong, be strong, be strong. I don't look. But this time around, I'm like, okay, why is this very right there? Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the laws my servant Moses gave you. And he told him about all these laws. Do not turn to the right. Do not turn to the left and all that. At the end of the day, he said, uh, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. So why is he saying this? Okay, I'm sending you, I'm giving you a charge. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a task. I want you to be courageous. But with instruction attached to the task, I want you to be very courageous. So which one do you take more important? The instruction, not the task. You see, most times we spend our time thinking about the task and the result, whereas we should be looking at the instruction. Because the instruction that determines the result. I'll give you some examples here. Let's look at Adam. So in the beginning, when God created Adam, he said, oh, I don't want him to be alone. I'll provide a mate, a helpmate. So out of Adam's rib, he created Eve. That was in the beginning. They were in the garden, and God gave Adam just one task. I want you to take care of that garden. That was it. But what was the instruction? The instruction was, I do not want you to eat out of the tree of knowledge. You see, there are so many trees in there, but this one right here, do not touch it. Because if you touch it, you will die. You see, specific instruction. So what did Adam do? They went on with their lives, but the enemy, which is the serpent, twisted the words and messed with Eve's mind. You see, there's an enemy out there that will always mess with your mind. When God gives you an instruction, I'm telling you, there's always somebody there trying to give you something different or twist it. We all know the story. The serpent came. Oh, did God really tell you not to eat that? And it's so embarrassing because Eve knew everything. If you look at um, Genesis, I think it's Genesis 2, 16 through 17. Then to Genesis 3, verse 3 to 6. She quoted everything. Oh, he said we shouldn't touch this, we mustn't eat this. If we touch it, we're going to die. She knows it. It's not that she doesn't. 
don't touch. But the enemy came and just messed with our mind. Oh, for real? Are you sure? You see, that moment of weakness costed a lot. She ate the fruit. She gave it to Adam. Now they realize they're naked. So when God came in the evening or in the cool of the day, you know, because that verse, what I read is that, okay, God normally comes and they talk together, they walk, the garden, and, you know, they just gist. Adam and Eve, they were hiding. And God was like, where are you, Adam? I'm here, I'm hiding. Why are you hiding? I'm naked. Then God knew. Oh, so you ate the fruit, huh? <laughs> yeah. Just come out, come out. When he came out, he was, you know, all dressed in uh, grasses, you know, looking like a sniper. <laughs> so, instructions, very, very important. But there's a consequence to it, you see? God gave us that free will. You can do good and get a consequence. Or you can do bad and get the other consequence. But either ways, you're going to get a consequence. You get a result. So the instruction determines which result you get. And God being good, despite the fact that he disciplined them, you know he's a good God. Because after telling them that they had to get out of the garden, he made clothes for them with skin. Look at you looking like a sniper in that, in that grassy way of yours. Okay? He gave them clothes. So you can see that good feeling of God. You know, he has a heart. But we need to follow instructions. That's the first example. Let's look at Abraham. When God called Abraham, he was still named Abraham. And what's the deal? I want you to leave your father's house. I want you to go to a different land because I want to make you father of many nations. And from your family, the whole entire earth will be blessed. So he was the point of contact. And thank God he obeyed. It's good to obey, but did you obey fully the instructions? So God promised he was going to give him a son, right? All right, so Sarah, they were waiting for this son of promise. Did the promise come? Not yet. You see, sometimes we're eager. And the Bible said they waited 10 years and nothing. So time was their enemy at that point in time. And Sarah just told Abraham, okay, well, God's promise is not coming forth. What are we going to do about it? Why don't I give you Agar so that we get a child? Was that God, what God promised? No. Because when he said that, the Bible tells us that Abraham believed. 
So you that you believed 10 years ago, now why are you not believing? You see, because of the lie. Because the enemy messed with Sarah's mind after 10 years. I don't blame her because I'm human too. I'll wait one year, two years, three years. Dude, what's, what's going on? You see, so we can't really blame them. But when God promises something, yeah. that's why he's God. It's going to come to pass yeah. at the right time too. Yes, come on. But they were eager. And see what resulted in the, uh, the result was? Ishmael. But God did not take that against them. Because when the child of promise still came, Isaac, he still blessed Ishmael. If I God tested Abraham again, just to make sure, okay, are you hearing me right now? Okay, that's when I promised, I want you to sacrifice him. And he obeyed. He got to where he wanted to sacrifice, and out of you know, his heart, he knew that even if I kill my son right now, God will raise him up. And that was why God provided that ram in place of Isaac. You see, obedience, obedience to instructions is very important. The word of God, light to my path. You see, we have to take it seriously. These things are not just stories. These are things that happened in real life in that time. And these are things that still happen now. Because the word of God will remain the same. The earth, the heaven will pass. The word of God will still remain standing. So if we hold on to that, then we, we have eternal truth. And this is the truth. Because God is truth. Let's look at uh, Moses. We'll round it up with Moses. God called Moses to lead his people out of slavery from Egypt. And he agreed, although not willingly, but eventually he agreed. Okay, that was the task. Go get my people. Bring them to Mount uh, Horeb. So he went. There were so many things that went along. And in Numbers 20, he made a mistake. You see, God, well, the, the children of Israel, they were troubling him. Oh, we want water. We need this. We need that. And God told him, okay, just go talk to the stone, to the rock. Just speak to the, to the rock. And water will come. But because all these people, they were messing with Moses' mind for 40 years. I don't blame him. We know how we are, you know. Oh, why can't I have this? Oh, when we're in Egypt, we had water. We had food. We're in the desert. Why are we not get, you know, he, he had it. And the painful thing is that God told him to strike the rock before. He did it. But this time around, he told him to speak to the rock. Just speak. But because of everything that was messing with his mind, see, he committed a blunder. And that, 
he couldn't cross that Jordan into Canaan just because of that. So what are we saying? The word of God is really important. We can't just take it lightly. When God says something, we have to follow through. Because it's that word that will give us victory. We cannot do it by ourselves. We cannot do it by ourselves. The word of God also brings rebuke. It brings correction. And it trains in righteousness. You see, when you have the word of God in you, this is what happens. When that word is released in partnership with the Holy Spirit, you don't get to do anything. Just obey. It is the job of the Holy Spirit to start searching that word and moving around to make it come to pass in your life. Because that's the will of God. And that's why God gave you that word. So if you stand on the truth and you speak to that word, you know, just speak the word out. I'm partner with the Holy Spirit. It starts going round, starts going round. You see, some people are really amazed because sometimes, you know, God will give you a word that, okay, I'm going to bless you with something. I'm going to do this. And you'll be wondering, okay, how's that even going to happen? But I've learned from experience. You know, just say it out. Spell it out. When you talk and release it, it's emotion, right? When you partner with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will take that word and will search. There's somebody praying that God will minister to them so that they can release something for a purpose. When your word gets there, the Holy Spirit takes it to that person, that person releases it, and it manifests. So that's the way it works. The word of God is very important. We don't have to doubt it because even when we're gone, it will still be here. So this morning, it's just a little, little thing, but I want us to just go in prayer and just ask for the word of God to take roots in our life. For the word of God to be the lamp to our feet and the light to our path. We can't do it, you can't do this alone. We cannot. But with direction, every single step of the way is there directing us with his word. So Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your word over us. We ask, Lord, that you let your word manifest in our lives. Help us to believe. Help us to trust you. There are times in our lives that <laughs> we start doubting. Is God even there? Is he hearing me? Can he even see me? 
Help us to lean on that word and stand firm. Your word is life. It's living. It's not dead. Father, we ask for the Holy Spirit to just live in us, live on us, and make that word come to pass. Father, we come against any worries whatsoever, any plan of the enemy to distort that word, to turn it around in our minds just to mess with us. We come against it right now. If there's any idol that we've put before you, Lord, we pull them down right now. Father, take your place in our lives. Eternal King of glory, you are eternal. We thank you for always opening up your hands for us. Loving us, not condemning us. Father, we want to come back to you. Help us study your word. Help us meditate on it. Let your word bring life into us, into the dead areas of our lives. And we pray that you take all the glory, Lord, because it's all yours. Jesus' name. Hank, can you run it up for us? That's such a good word. <laughs> and I want to speak to those who the path is not clear, <laughs> you know. The light is dim. It's it sometimes gets scary. Uh, you don't know what to make the next decision, but I don't know, in, in youth, we've been talking about the ancient path. There's a path that that it, it, it winds off into the woods. It's ominous. There's a big cloud, but yet you know it's the ancient path. You don't know where it goes. He does. He's with you. He's with you, and he is, it's a delight unto your feet. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to be staring down at your feet with Jesus and like let's do this and I just want to speak to those who I don't know just that the, just the word of God Jesus the word would would just lighten your path um, and now you can do it with them it's easy to choose the the other path the the road that's wide and the gates are big and it's easy it's predictable you can plan it yourself and lay it all out there but the ancient path is one 
you gotta take on your own, but you can do it with Jesus. I mean, like, you can do it with him. He's with you. He's, he's the end of, of the line and he's also with you, walking you towards that as well too. Um, there's a verse out of uh, Song of Songs, chapter two, that's just kind of resounding in my head today as you speak. It's, 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 it says, now he comes closer even to the place where I hide. He gazes into my soul, peering through the portal and he blossoms within my heart. This is, again, the, the pursuit of Jesus into our lives. Sometimes we hide, but he's peering and pursuing into your heart. He wants to lead you and guide you. His words are, his words are life. And so, if, if I don't know, if there's walls you've been putting up to hide from Jesus, his path is life. I encourage you guys to come up and get prayer. Come up, we'll have just have you guys pray up here. Like, we'll just want to pray. Just like he's he's pursuing you. He has given you the word of God, you know, physically in the word, but also he is the word to lead you and guide you through it. And so uh he is life. And so we bless you guys. So if you if you need prayer, guys, come on up. Uh we want to pray. If I mean if you need a word from the Lord, if you need healing, you need freedom in any any context at all you can think of. Uh, if you're someone who's been hiding from the love of God, um uh, come get prayer. Uh, let him shine light on your path. Um, we love you guys. Y'all have a blessed uh, 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 Sunday and enjoy Memorial Day as you hang out with family. Love you guys.